Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Welcome to those who are watching online uh, right now around the country, around the world. You know, something that we, that we realize is we are reaching people in 45 different states and 10 different nations right now. Is that not cool? So we praise God for that. So we are glad that you're part of the Crossroads family. You know, something that uh, you think about, we're going to be talking about friendship to, today. Jesus was asked a whole lot of questions when he was on this earth. But there was one that, that really sticks out at me, one that is more profound than any others, and that was the, the question that a man came up to him and said, teacher, he said, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now imagine this. I mean, think of, think of this. Why this is so important is you have the crea- you know, a creation asking the creator, basically, what's life about? I mean, what are, what are we about here? What is this? Why, why are we existing? What is life about? And the creator is about to tell the creation what the creation is about. And so he says this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. He said, he said, really, everything else is gravy on the potatoes. Those are the two most important things. And we've been in a series called Wave Walkers, which is talking about stepping into our, our destiny, stepping into why God created us, why you're on this earth. And the first part of these messages have been about us connecting with God, that God made you to love you, this incredible relational God that we have created you because he, not because he, he was lonely, he had all the, the angels around, but he created you because he was love and he wanted an object to love. You were created to be loved by God and to love him back. But today we're going to be taking a look at, at, at something else. I mean, you, you think about this, there, not only is there the importance of the vertical relationship with God, there's also the importance of the horizontal relationship with everybody else. You know, I have a big old TV in my, in my house, and, and something that I, I, you discover about, same with yours, is it has to be connected to two things. First, it has to be connected to the power source, Right? And also, it has to be connected to whatever the videos that's, that's coming in or the other, the, the cable, the channel, whatever it is that's coming in. If it's just connected to the channel, well, it's not going to be anything because you need the power. But if it's just connected to the power, it's just going to be a glorified paperweight because you just can have a bunch of fuzz up there on the, on the screen, right? And in the same way, you and I were created not to be just connected to, to one of those. We were created to be connected to, to both of those. And really, you think about it, if we're not connected to God, if we're not connected to each other, we're kind of a glorified paperweight on this earth too. We're just making space on this, uh, on this planet, which is not something God created us to do. You know, St. Augustine said these words. He said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in thee. You know what that's saying? That's saying this, that there is a God-shaped vacuum in our heart that only God can fill, that no, no thing or no person can ever fill that besides God. And many of us, spend a lot of time of our life, maybe some of you right now are spending a lot of your life that you're trying to fulfill that gap, that vacuum with other things, with materialism, with popularity, with fame, with whatever. I could go on and on and on that with people. And the thing is, it's a God-sized hole. It's a God-sized vacuum, so only God can fill that vacuum. 
But there's something that's really interesting too is God looks at Adam and he said this. He said, it is not good for you to be alone. It's not good for people to be alone. Now here's what's really wild about that. Two things. First of all, that is the first time in scripture God ever said that something was bad. Up to that point, every single thing God looked at and said, that's good. That's good. That's very good when he, created, uh, when he created us. Everything had been good, and then he looks at us, and he goes, there's something missing. There's something missing. There's something that's wrong. And here's the other wild thing about that. God was with him at that time. So in other words, not only is there a God-shaped vacuum that only God can fill, there's a human-shaped vacuum inside each of our heart that only another human can fill. You know, one time I was on at the, uh, my mind went back to as I was looking at this to a time when I was at the Grand Canyon. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I'm at, this is one of the most spectacular sunsets I've ever seen in my life. I'm on, on the south rim and, and here that's coming down over, the, over the, the peak there and oh my goodness, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now God and I had been having a great day together. I was alone, I was with God and, and it was amazing. I mean, we are, we're just, we're tight that day. It was amazing. But there was something that was still, I was so amazingly lonely at the same time. Can you relate to that? Because here I was, and I said, I actually said this to God. I said, God, I love you, and I'm so glad you're here, but next time I'm here, could I be here with a person as well? And no, I don't think that offended God because God's the one that said, it's not good for us to be alone. He created us where we need to have that connection with him and we need to have that connection with other people as well. And that's why we have so many of the programs we have at Crossroads. I mean, that's why we have a kick tail children's ministry is so your kids can be, get connected to God and they can be connected to each other. That's why we have an amazing, amazing youth group is because so you can be connected with God and so you can be connected with other people. That's why we're having a young adult. That's why we have men's groups. That's why we have women's groups. That's why we have midweek study. That's why we have, tw I think, 28 things where you can connect in small groups in different ways there. That's why we have the, uh, you know, the, the, the things that were special, I mean, the interest groups. We're like, there's scuba diving and, and hiking adventure and stitching and game night and things like this. Wherever it is, we've created those things for an environment so you can connect not only with God, but so you can connect with other people as as well you know uh you think about it and and we need that connection with each other solitary confinement is is the worst thing basically besides kill them that you could possibly do to a prisoner you think about that because we we die in isolation you think about POWs, and, and, and I've read so many about when they came home and things, and they said it wasn't the torture that was the worst thing. It was the isolation from other, from other prisoners. You think about Tom Hanks, his, you know, uh, his, his character needed Wilson, the, 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 you know, the, the volleyball, in order to have that relationship, have that fellowship. But something, here's the, here's the wild thing. We need, we desperately need that connection with each other, but we live in an incredibly disconnected society, don't we? In fact, George Gallup uh, took a look at a, did a poll around the world, and he found that, that the United States of America is one of the loneliest countries in the entire world. I mean, we are towards just about the top, not quite the top, but just about at the top. 
And it's not because we don't have a bunch of people, is it? I mean, you think about it. We go to school with, with hundreds of people. We work with people all around us. We go to shopping malls with people all around us. We drive on crowded freeways and crowded roads. We go to ball games that have tens of thousands of people, and yet somehow we can feel, still find ourselves lonely. Now, it's a, it's a, a populated loneliness, but it's a loneliness nonetheless. And, and I just want to take a look at three enemies of, of connection, of what is, what is keeping us from this? What are some of the things in our society that are keeping us from this? And the first thing is, is busyness. I mean, we, we wear busyness in our country as a badge of honor, don't we? I mean, if you ask somebody, how are you doing? What are they going to tell you nine times out of ten times? I've just been so busy, right? And we wear it, we, it's almost like we, we, we need to validate ourselves as a human being by saying that we're, we're busy. But here's the wild thing, is busyness is absolutely the mortal enemy of the two things that are most important in this world. It is the, it, that is what keeps us from relationship with God so many times and relationship with other people. Here's the reason. There's only so much of us to go around, isn't there? And we're, we're invested in, in our careers. We're invested in family. We're invested in this, 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 this. And if something's going to gonna, gonna get out of that piece of the puzzle, it's going to be usually our connection with God and our connection with other, with other people. And there was this guy by the name of, in fact, you know, somebody the other day, uh, two days ago, I was talking to a lady, and she was just bemoaning the fact uh, very sincerely and very passionately that she had gotten this promotion in work and that's the great thing, but the problem is it's taken her away from church. It's taken her away from a closer relationship with God. It's taken her away from her friendships, and it's taken away from, from her relationship with her family as well. And you think about it, what is worth you know, missing out on the two greatest things why God put us on this earth. And that's what she was saying. You know, there's this guy by the name of Mike Iaconelli, and he was the head of youth specialties. And this is a guy that spoke all over the world, all over the, the country to, to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. And yet he looked at his life and he said, you know what? I don't have any close friends. And here's his words. He said this, I came to a starting revelation a few months ago. I don't have any friends. I don't. I have a lot of acquaintances but other than my wife, I really have no close friends. I've been wondering why for a long time. And after some painful soul searching, I think I've discovered the reasons. I'm too busy. I'm gone too much. I travel too much. I speak too much. I work too much. I've done an excellent job of convincing the people around me that I'm just too busy. Too busy doing the important work that I'm doing to have time for friendships. In other words, I've convinced them into buying into the myth of my busyness to such a degree, the possibility of my being their friend, uh, of, of their being mine, never enters their mind. And he concludes the article by saying this, if we're too busy to have friends, then we're just much too busy. I've decided to make new friends. That means I will have to stay home. It means I'll have to spend some time with someone doing absolutely nothing. It will mean I will work at something that's not easy for me. Instead of building a ministry to thousands, Maybe I ought to build a friendship with one. Instead of speaking 200 times a year, maybe I ought to be known for someone who just has, knows how to have friends. You know, one thing you and I know is that, that if we've ever had any plants, is the plants that we water, 
The plants that we nourish, the plants that we look after, the plants that we show attention to, those plants over time will grow. And the plants that we forget about, the plants that we don't nourish, the plants that we water, don't water, over time, those plants will shrink, won't they? They will, they will eventually die. And you know that, and I know that, that that's true in relationships as well. You know how we know it? I bet you can look back right now and think of several friends that you used to be close to. It's people around the country, around the city maybe, and people that you used to be really, really close to, and you're not close to them anymore. And the reason isn't because you stopped liking them. The reason isn't because you stopped caring about them or anything like that. The reason is you got too busy and you started focusing, the the attention started going off that relationship. You stopped nourishing that relationship. But the same time, you can look at other people that now you have a friendship with that you didn't have six months ago, a year, five years ago and anything. And why is that flourish, that relationship? Because you've nurtured it. You've spent time there. You've spent effort there. And the same can be true of marriage, by the way, too. And, um, and the, so the, uh, the first thing is busyness, but the second thing is, is isolation. And we also live in an incredibly isolated society as well, don't we? You know, I was thinking about uh, my mom's originally from North Carolina, and I used to come here as a, as a young boy, and I'd spend time with my uncles and aunts, and it seemed like all of them had a front porch. You know what I'm talking about. They'd have a front porch, and they'd sit on the front porch every night, and they'd talk on the front porch every night. And then there would be the neighbors that would be talking on the front porch every night, and they would be talking, hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And it was like this community event every week, every night on the front porch, at least in the summer and good and good weather. And think about, we've totally changed from that. What do we do now? We come busting home from wherever we are. We do the garage door opener. It opens up. We go zooming in. We close the garage door opener as, as fast as we can. And we've just put down the, you know, the, the drawbridge, right? Or put up the drawbridge. There might as well be a moat because what we've done is we've just isolated ourselves inside the castle. You know, a couple of days ago, I was, I was flying on an airplane, and I just happened to look around, and it was incredible. I remember when people used to talk on an airplane, and now what does everybody do, it seems like, right? Put the buds in, put the headphones on, and just I'm in my own little place, and I do the same thing. But it seemed, what have we done? We've kind of, we've isolated ourselves. And there was a guy by the name of Elijah. He was a prophet. And one time, a, a lady by the name of Jezebel, this, this wicked queen, says the wrong thing, and he, he isolates himself. He goes and he hides in a cave, okay? And there's reasons, there's different reasons we go and hide ourselves in our cave, isn't there? And sometimes it's because the same thing that happened to Elijah. Sometimes we get, we get hurt. Sometimes we're afraid of intimacy. There's a lot of people in this world that are just afraid to get close and put their, their, their guard down so that another person can come in. Sometimes we get so weary of people in the rest of life that we just want to isolate ourselves for a little while. And we can isolate ourselves in so many different ways, can't we? We can isolate ourselves with, with a computer. We can isolate ourselves with career. We can isolate ourselves with, you know, with a book, with TV, with everything like that. And we can just isolate ourselves in, in so many, so many different ways. But I love something that, that Elijah said, or God said to Elijah. He said these words. He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing in the cave? In other words, I didn't create you to be a caveman. 
I created you to be with people, to connect with people. And then he gave him three people. I want you to connect with this person. I want you to connect with this person. And I want you to connect with this person. He gave him a, a, a thing to do with, with connection. He said, I didn't create you to be that. And maybe God is looking at, at people in here. Maybe people who are watching online. Oh, by the way, it's not just, it's not just individuals that can, that can isolate themselves. Uh, families can too, and couples can too as well, can't they? Because a friend of mine came up and said, you know, just to be honest, man, we've just isolated ourselves from everybody and everything. We've just kind of become an island unto our, ourselves. And maybe God will look at you today and say, if you've been a caveman or cavewoman, I didn't create you to be that. Come out, come out from isolation and have the relationship that I created you to, ha to have. So another thing is technology. And we've created this myth that says this, that says that we're connecting more than we ever have connected before because we've got all this technology. I mean, after all, there's, there's texting and there's, and there's phone and there's, there's Twitter and there's Instagram and there's, you know, I mean, I can go on and on and on about the, you know, the Facebook and how we can connect, but here's the problem. Yet we, what we've really become is experts at, at, at unloading information and collecting information instead of getting friendships. Our friendships are a mile wide and are an inch deep a lot of times because of the technology that we, uh, that we have. And you know, one time, I remember this, I came out of a, a conference, a group of pastors, thousands of pastors, and I just happened to look around. And every one that I saw came out of there next to people, and what are they doing? Right? Every one of them immediately goes to their, goes, goes their phone. And I know because I was one of them, right? I'm doing that, and I'm looking around. I'm thinking, we're all next to people, but we're not talking to the people we're next to. We're talking to somebody who's not even, even there. And then one time I was doing a, a, a youth group, the, a, a youth conference a, a, a short time ago, and there was a bunch of youth, probably 10 to 15 youth, and I noticed every single one of them, not one was talking to the other one. Everyone was texting something. And I thought, and I talked to them. They said they were texting one of two things. They were texting people that weren't there or they were texting people that were right next to them, right? And it's like what we've done is we've become a society where, where we, we talk to everybody on the surface level. And yeah, now we have emojis. Thank goodness we have emojis because we can let people know our emotion. But it doesn't beat the real thing, does it? Which is a better thing to see an emoji of somebody laughing or to experience a friend laughing right in front of you? Or to be there when a friend is crying there instead of just the crying emotion or whatever it is, we've lost that connection because of technology. And again, technology is great. Technology is fine. Technology is wonderful. But man, we got to understand that it is busting us from keeping away from our relationships that God has created to, to, to do. Something else, you know, you think about a lot of times, we're more connected to people on TV than, than people in real life. A lot of us know more about friends on TV than we do about our real friends. We may know more about Sheldon Cooper and his, and you know, what's going on in his life and what's going on with the people around him than we do that's going on in our own life and the people around us. So something, what is it? So how does uh, uh, connecting with others positively affect our, our life? There's, uh, there's several things we're going to take a look at today. The first it gives us life. I'm going to do something that probably, probably there's a billion people in church all over the world right now or today, but I'm going to probably tell you something that no other pastor is going to ask you to do. 
I'm gonna ask you to touch your belly button, okay? Feel your belly button a second. Because what this is, this is almost God's visible thing for us to remember that we need connection with each other, that this is what gave us life for nine months. This connection, go ahead and throw that up there. This connection that we had with our mom is what gave us life for nine months. It gave us health. It gave us, it gave us nourishment. And don't forget that, that the same thing, God has put that, I believe, as a reminder that we need that connection with other people because it brings us life. Amen? And something else, too, is, uh, and not in regular connection, not just occasional connection, but regular connection. And the other thing is healthy relationships make us healthier. And I was looking this up at the Mayo Clinic and some other places, and this is what they said about healthy relationships. It said this, healthy relationships first strengthens our immune system. It allows us to rebound from health issues and disease more quickly. It's, it gives us better all health. And they gave one example. A lack of social connections more than doubles our risk of high blood pressure, raising it by an amazing 124%. To put that in perspective, by comparison, having diabetes will raise your high blood pressure by less than, 20, than 70%. It, they help us emotionally. They lower our stress level, increase our sense of belonging and purpose, boosts our happiness and reduces our stress, improves our self-confidence and our self-worth, and it helps us be able to cope with traumas such as divorce, serious illness, job loss, or the death of a loved one. John Ortberg, who wrote a book that I love the title, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them, he wrote these words. He said, researchers found that the most isolated people were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. People who had bad health habits, such as smoking, poor eating habits, obesity, or alcohol use, but strong social ties, lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits, but were isolated. Listen to these. In other words, it was better to eat Twinkies with good friends than to eat broccoli alone. How about that? Clinical psychologist Henry Cloud uh, did research and came with a similar, a similar conclusion. He said this. A person's ability to love and connect with others says, lays the foundation for both psychological and physical health. The research illustrates that when we are in loving relationships, a bonded relationship, we are growing. When we are isolated, we are slowly dying whether we know it or not. There's a passage that we're going to look at this week, and we're going to look at next week, too. We're going to, we're going to focus on friendship again. Bring a friend next week, because we're going to just honor friendship and, and, and just show why it's important to have friends again uh, and just the blessing that God's given us in friendship and connection with other people. But I'm going to look at this passage. We're just going to touch on it today and look at it more next week. And it says this, two people are better off than one. Here's one of the reasons, because they can help each other succeed. If one person falls... The other person could reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back, they can conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now, the first thing is we can do so much more together than we ever could do apart. 
I love the story, true story about a, uh, a county fair that had a horse pulling competition. They were seeing which horse could pull the most weight. And the one that won the most, had the, the champion horse, he could pull 4,500 pounds. The second place horse could pull 4,400 pounds. So they, they, they hooked them together. They, they put them together and saw, okay, what can they do together? Now, you'd think it would be 8,900 pounds, right? That's 4,500 plus 4,400. But instead, they, lifted, they were able to pull over 12,000 pounds harnessed together. The same thing is true with church, with you and I. We are better together than we are apart. There are things that we can do together that we could never do uh, apart. You know, I was talking to one couple of, uh, a few, few days ago, and, and this, the lady was amazing with special needs kids. And especially, special, I mean, really severe special needs kids. And first of all, for all of you that, that, that work in that and have the special needs kids and you're working in that area, God bless you. You're incredible. You are absolutely my heroes. I don't know how you do it. And I said that to her. I said, I don't know how you do that every, every day to, to be, be in that. And God bless you because, man, you're amazing. And then I looked at the guy, and I, and I knew him, too, that he's, he was this incredible person with mechanics. I mean, he could take an engine, take it apart, put it back together. He's just this incredible mechanical. And I said, I couldn't do what you do either. I mean, that's amazing. You, your mechanical mind is just incredible. And then they looked at me and said, well, we couldn't do what you do either. The thought of getting in front of people and saying a message, it terrifies us, and we couldn't do that. And I thought, well, don't we need each other? You know, all together and all of us doing those things, we are able to do so much more because each one of us can do things different. You're, you're gifted in a way that I'm not gifted at. You're gifted in a way that you're not gifted at. And each other, we're gifted. But even if we're doing the same thing, we're better together than we are apart. You know, a few months ago, uh, so many of you gathered together, over 100 of you, and you volunteered for and, and, and brought blessing to 250 different kids that came in for vacation Bible school, and you poured into them together. And, you know, together you saw 57 kids give their life to Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago, you know, something that we did is we, we provided meals. Over 170 of us got together, and we did together we could have never done alone, and we provided meals for 20,000 people. That's because we gathered together in one cause, a cause to do that. You know, something I just thought of, of one group of people that you may, you may not even notice every, uh, every week. In fact, it's probably good if you don't notice them. And that's the people who do our audio and video, the people in our sound booth, the people that are doing our cameras, the people that are in the audio tech area. Because what they're doing is they're making it so you can see all these things. And they're working together. And they're working, if one of them was doing it, they couldn't do it. But all of them together does something that, you, that, we, that we even sometimes take for granted every week. And can we show them our appreciation? And again, we're reaching people around the country and around the world because, because they're doing that and working to, together. Another thing is that relationships help us with, with each other. Listen to this. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. And you know, the, the poster child for individuality or doing something individually is, is Charles Lindbergh, right? I mean, he went across the, the Atlantic, flew across the, the Atlantic solo. But you don't understand the, the group of people that it needed to make that happen. First of all, there were nine businessmen in St. Louis that provided that. There was also an entire uh, airplane company that built everything and furnished everything for him to do that. It took an army for him to do something solo, right? And the same is true with, uh, with Sir Edmund Hillary. Here's the person that we understand was the first person to ever climb Everest. 
But what we don't understand a lot of times is the hundreds of people that it took for him to do that solo trip. I mean, there would took hundreds of Sherpas to even get the stuff to the, the base camp. It took another hundreds of, of, of Sherpas and some base climbers to go up and provide the way. Then it took another group to go up, and they tried first, and they failed. And then they told uh, Tenzing Norgay, which is his Sherpa, and, and him how to make it, how that they don't have to fail. So they went out there, and then if it weren't for Tenzing Norgay coming back, he would have died on the way back. So even, even to climb the mountain, so to speak, as we do that in life, we need each other to climb that, that mountain. We can never and should never try to do that uh, alone. And something else is we need help because life can be hard. Do I hear an amen? The Bible says this, carry each other's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. I tell you, I can't, you know, and just we're going to talk about that more weeks, but we need so much each other because this is a tough road to hoe a lot of times in, in life. And one time I was, uh, I was seeing what was happening with a, a storm that was happening in our, uh, in our area. And this was one of those big snowstorms and ice storms. And I'm listening to, to branches just crack and pop, and it sounded like gunfire going off behind our house, just pow, pow. And I remember driving, and I was going through the country, and I was seeing all these trees by themselves, and they were broken. And, I mean, they were just, you know, the weight of those, uh, of all that just, just broke and snapped off the limbs. And I saw this, this one just, just group of trees, and I saw that none of them were broken, it looked like. And I thought, what's the difference? It was one of those times that God just tapped me on the, the shoulder and said, look at that. And I realized they were helping each other hold up the weight of all that, all that snow and all that weight. When they were alone, they broke off. When they were together, they were able to withstand all the weight. And the same is true. That's why we need church. That's why we need each other. That's why we need our brothers and sisters. That's why we need our, our friends. Because, because trying to do that ourselves is a weight that we can't carry or we're never meant to carry. God created us for relationship. So a couple of things of just saying, all right, seeing how important relationships are, what are some things you and I can take away from this today? The first thing is don't isolate yourself. If you as an individual, if you as a couple, if you as a family are isolating yourself, maybe God would say to you today, right now, through me, just what, what God said to Elijah, and that's, what are you doing here? Go out of the cave, do what I created you to do, and that's connect with other, with other people. The other thing is develop and deepen your relationships which is going to take two things. I'll warn you, it's going to take time and it's going to take attention. Again, the plants that we, that we nourish and we spend time and attention with, they're going to flourish. So are the relationships. Aristotle said this, wanting to be friends is quick work, but friendships is a slow ripening fruit. I would think that every one of us probably want friends, but it's not just going to happen. We need to go and we need to invest in our friendships. Another thing is to show appreciation for those with whom you're in relationship. We shouldn't take our friends for granted. We shouldn't take our families for granted. That is a gift from Almighty God, and we should, we should love up on those, those people and show appreciation. And the next thing is to, to be a good friend. The best way to have good friends is to be good friends. And never, ever forget that we were created to be connected to God and other people. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.